Peter Brook with the Old Mutual Investment Group. If you're not in commodities, you're absolutely nowhere in the South African markets at the moment, Peter Brook. Um, there is a, a huge fire that has been lit underneath South Africa's commodities complex uh, for a long time, but been reignited, maybe fuel added to the fire today, um, as that certainly is what drove sentiment on the local market. That's right, Bruce. So the market was up 1.3%, but the big driver was resources. And it's actually sort of almost your large-cap Anglos and a very strong iron ore flavor. So think of Kumba iron ore up 6%, African rainbow minerals up 5%. And that's really off the back of a higher iron ore price. So that's trading at about $125 a ton, up from a low of $90 recently. Um, Very, very powerful, very punchy. Is it all to do with inflation? Is that what is driving commodity prices? I don't think so. I think it's more about China. So with the Evergrande um, imminent bankruptcy and um, all the problems there, so the Chinese property development slowing, you saw and quite a lot of regulatory pressure as well on the, iron, the steel companies in China around bringing production down. They want um, reduced carbon emissions. They want clean air for the Winter Olympics. So a lot of pressure. And I think that's sort of, you saw a big drop in prices and now you're seeing a little bit of a rebound. Certainly the sort of the rumors out of China are that you can expect some stimulus, that things have fallen too hard. And as a result, you're seeing a bit of a bounce. You know, it's just in South Africa, we have to live with this volatility for most of the rest of the world. It's not such a big part of the market. So commodity prices are volatile. That means we have a more volatile market, whereas if you're living in a sort of a a more developed market, you'd have a much lower input. I'm not not entirely convinced we're out of the woods on this one, though, because the truth is the Chinese property cycle has been immensely strong for many, many years, and it should start to slow down on a structural basis. So despite the volatility... um, I think that, yeah, we, it, it could be a slightly tougher time for us over the next three, four months. Okay, watch that. we watch this very closely. Um, I, just today, a seven-year high in the oil price. We've also seen a 13-year high in natural gas prices, all thanks to global issues, various global issues, concerns in the UK, for example, that they get a run out of gas this winter and the gas is absolutely critical to um, their being able to warm their houses and cook their food. And we've seen fuel shortages, courtesy of lorry driver shortages. But I just look at these key global commodities and I wonder if this inflation bogeyman who's sort of been sitting outside across the street is coming a little bit closer. I think it's absolutely fascinating, Bruce, in terms of you've got the interaction of ESG with um, less capex going into the likes of coal and um, the energy complex. So then you've got a global supply chain, and then you've got a bit of geopolitics thrown in as well. So are the Russians holding back on their supplies so they can get the Nord Stream pipeline opened up? So I think that... I mean, it's very rare not to get um, to get inflation. You almost always have energy price pressure. Um, I do think it's quite seasonal. It's the winter season. The um, storage levels are low. 
you've got specific issues in China as well, which is driving up energy prices, and they've come out and said they're going to secure energy supply, so very much driving the LNG prices up. I think it'll fade next year, but it certainly adds to that sort of a, almost a winter of discontent. <laughs> you just look at the Brits and you think, wow, they've had quite a tough time since they've Brexited. Yeah, and it could get worse, um, you know, despite all of the, I mean, there's always a huge amount of spin around their politics, of course, but yeah, we, we will watch the space. Brightbridge Real Estate, it's a, a company in prices, in prices, in Cyprus, um, that wants to buy assets belonging to Rand Merchant Holdings Property Division, where a bit of it is Atterbury and a big chunk of Mall of Africa as well. It's quite an interesting looking transaction. I'm wondering if if you know any of the deep background on who these guys are in Cyprus and what it is that they're particularly interested in in South Africa's struggling property sector. I'm going to have to skip on that one, Bruce. I'm afraid um, so obviously know the Mall of Africa, been to see the assets, um, and, but in terms of the specifics behind the mm. Cyprus guys, uh, that's not one that I'm on top of. No, absolutely. But it is just interesting to me that whatever this business is sitting offshore, it is looking at South African property in the quite speedy aftermath of a huge destruction of value. And that's the only point I really want to make on this. It doesn't matter who's behind it, really. But people are willing to put money into South African commercial property assets. In fact, people are willing to put money into a lot of different South African assets. If you look at sort of the number of potential buyers and genuine bids that we've had for our small and mid-cap companies. Um, the truth is that South African assets are offering value in a world where there's a scarcity of, of value. All assets around the world are extremely expensive, driven by those very low global bond yields, and therefore money is looking for a hope. And that wall of money, some of it is creeping into South Africa, which highlights that we have genuine value in, in our assets. Peter Brook, thank you. Portfolio Manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group on the line to us this evening from Cape Town.